I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, because technically the Sega Nomad plays console games. Today, we're going to be talking about Monument Valley, which was developed by Us Two Games and was released in 2014. Uh, Monument Valley is a puzzle game, uh, and it was really it's it's just on phones, uh, which I think counts for No Clip Pocket. It definitely counts. Uh, so. This game kind of when it when it released two thousand fourteen, it was not like a great time for mobile phone games. Like for the most part, people thought that phone games were for babies or <laughs> <laughs> like the casualiest of casual games mm-hmm. were released on phones, and therefore when Monument Valley released get kind of a lot of press for trying to do something a little bit more on the platform. Uh, But I don't think that I played it at the time. I think that the first time that I played this game was in, like, 2016. Yeah. I I don't know how long it had been out when I played it, but uh, Janelle told me about it. And, uh, and, you know, I just decided to play it based on her description. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, you were told about it because... <clears throat> the thing that most people know about Monument Valley and, and like the first thing that people like to talk about is its use of of unusual geometry, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, the the game's creators have said that they were inspired by get, like other games. like they bring up like Fez's art style as well as uh, I think the word like some of the the that video game company games like Flower, mm-hmm. uh, which I can kind of see like the 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 colors present like the very cubic design, right? But the the common ancestor that everyone likes to talk about, of course, is M. C. Escher and his use of impossible objects. Yeah, and if you look through, and I know you have a coffee table book full of his drawings, uh, there are specifically drawings that the the, this game references, like the kind of like architecture, like the little buildings, little uh, diorama like buildings are straight out of his drawings. Yeah, and not only that, but like among the most famous of M. C. Escher's works are, uh, of course, the the Never Ending Staircase. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, no individual piece of architecture is more common in Monument Valley than staircases. Like, they're just everywhere. Mm-hmm. And bridges. Go. Yeah. And just anything that you can, like, look at from a different perspective in order to move around. Um, so I have a question for you that I'm not... I don't actually know the answer to, which is, did you play through the, like other stuff in this game beyond the original story i played through ida's dream okay. i think that's her name right yeah it's, uh, it's princess ida yeah uh because that was free mm-hmm. i did not play the paid content or the sequel right so i've also not played the sequel uh but i did play forgotten shores um which I didn't have to pay for, which means that I'm, I probably paid for it like a couple years ago and just never got around to it. So to tie that in with the base game itself, I feel like a lot of the original discussion around this game dealt with the fact that the, the base game, like the first, what is it, like 10? I think it's 10. 10 worlds. 
uh, don't really fully flesh out what this game can do. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like the the extra stuff, in, and we can use that as dream as a uh, as a touch point because I think that it did a similar thing. But it really expands and makes this game go kind of not off the rails. Obviously, like it's still manageable. It's definitely not the most difficult game as a puzzle game, mm-hmm. uh, but really lets it breathe with its mechanics, uh, whereas the first ten levels just seem to be introducing new stuff all the time. Yeah, the the Ida's Dream, I don't know if you want to call it an expansion or whatever, Right. Uh, definitely amps it up, whereas, like, I breezed through the first ten levels, and then I, play, I still played Ida's Dream all at once as well, but it took me considerably longer on each level on oh. those. Oh, yeah. So, uh, let, let, let's talk about those, like, the, because the base mechanics of this game are not complicated, it's more in, like, the puzzle design, I guess. Mm, it's uh, just understanding how the mechanics actually work and how your character interacts with them. Right. So, there's this element that's introduced that's, that's later, whether it's in the expansions or... It might occur real late in the original game. I kind of don't remember. But the idea of, like, when you're... Instead of walking on, like, what is the clearly the top level of the thing that you're looking at, it inverts it so that you're walking on, like, the inside. Mm-hmm. And what it's trying to do is mirror that, like, inside of a cube versus outside of a room illusion. Uh-huh. Uh, but actually changes the way that you you walk around but other than that for the most part this entire game is just moving from one point to another and occasionally rotating things mm-hmm. and the amount that they're able to do with that i think is actually really impressive mm-hmm. definitely in the, okay so you were talking about sort of the like diorama design of levels mm-hmm. and like, every level in this game is basically just, like, takes place on a small cube floating in space mm-hmm. and has, like, all of these... Occasionally there will be, like, a background element or whatever you can move between things, but it's not super common. No, yeah, they actually feel like they they could exist. They're very well designed, and they feel very much like uh, they have, like, a real kind of sense of place to them. Like, they could be, like, a real music box that you might own or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something that, uh, they have, like, a, a physicality to them, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, and they, they just, they, they feel handcrafted. Like, there's the little, uh, the way that they're designed where, like, everything that turns has, like, the dots on it. Mm-hmm. And it, it all feels very, like, well-considered. And, like, it might be an actual thing that, like, rotates around if you could actually pick it up. Right. The, uh, like, there's a puzzle box level um, in the main uh, series, and they yeah. revisit the concept later in, in Forgotten Shores. There's a level called Weeblet, which I my French is not great, so that <laughs> pronunciation might be incorrect. But, uh, but, yeah, that one, was, like, that idea is fascinating to me because... While that level is probably one of the easier ones in the game, because it's sort of just a do everything that you can, and it will just slowly unfold. It has this like wonderful visual element to it of of the thing actually like unfolding and being created that I really enjoyed. Uh, what did you think about like the overall 
sort of like challenge of this game? Well, the first time I played it, I remember getting stuck at some point, and this is kind of like a different tangent, but uh, I'll, I'll come back to this. I promise. Okay. But uh, and it made me think about like even like not that long ago like how much less attention i think i paid to games while i was playing them because mm. like there's a pretty clear visual language established in this game like i said with like the dots on the things you can rotate and like everything's like everything you can interact with and move is pretty clearly signposted and i think i just didn't like pay attention to that like i just was like oh a mobile game i'll just pick it up and blow through it right and then i ended up getting stuck cuz i wasn't paying enough attention to it but um this time though uh i it it was very easy i thought like there were there were some parts where like i said the challenge comes from like oh i didn't know i could do that you know right rather than actually uh being challenging in the way it's supposed to i think or maybe that is the way it's supposed to be challenging uh it's debatable but um but i did think that uh the Ida's dreams or Ida's dream levels uh, were like right about the difficulty level I would have wanted mm-hmm. from the game. Yeah, and and that kind of carries over into the Forgotten Shores expansion as well. Uh, the The reason that I, I bring it up is because while playing through the main game, I I kind of got, got the impression <clears throat> that the design goals, like visually were so, like, lofty that maybe it was just so difficult to design each individual level that making a complex puzzle was basically impossible. Yeah, I I was thinking about that as well, because I always thought doing an M.C. Escher, like, style space in, like, a Zelda dungeon mm-hmm. would be a really cool idea, like one of my little daydream things I've thought about before, but... It just seems so difficult to design something like that, and I imagine that that was a problem when doing a puzzle game. You had to you had to make some of these like impossible objects like out of an MCS or drawing, and then actually make them navigatable and something you can solve a puzzle in. Yeah. So not only does it have to be navigable, but you have to be able to like when you are creating it, you have to say like, what's the puzzle here? And then somehow reverse engineer a design out of that. And that just sounds like... Like, regardless of how difficult this game ends up being, which is, you know, not all that difficult, I have, like, there's nothing in the world that I could convince me that I would be able to conceptualize a puzzle. Because even when you're solving puzzles in this game, you're often not thinking about them like, step-by-step, step, like you would in another game. Like, if you're playing, uh, what's another puzzle game? For Z- the one that Braid? I'm thinking about right now is is The Bridge, which we'll bring up later. Yeah, right. But for different reasons. What did you say? I said Braid. Bra- okay. So, like, in Braid, you think linearly and logically about the things that you're doing. Like, I need to get from here to there, and I know that this guy's patrolling, so if I, like, jump here and then rewind time and then use my ghost to do, like, and all of that stuff. Mm. <clears throat> Whereas in this game, you're sort of just like, how did I end up here? And it's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> about that. You rotated the thing over here so that you could bridge between these two things, but for the most part, what you do is you just try stuff and 
oftentimes you'll end up just solving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that. Um, it gave me the the kind of a feeling that another uh, mobile game gave me that I played a lot, like way back in the day uh, when I first got like an iPhone, which is called Unblock Me. Okay. There's like a board which a bunch of blocks and one red one and you had to slide them around to get the red block out sure and like you were describing you don't like think ahead all the moves that it would take to get out well you could do it that way right uh but you just kind of move them around and you kind of like start to get a feel for the patterns until you like just eventually get it and you get kind of into like a weird zen flow (laughs) state where you're just kind of like going with it and uh, that's kind of how this game ended up being a lot for me. But there was one of the Ida's Dream levels that was fairly complicated. You had to, like, it was like a, an exterior of a building, I think, is kind of what it looked like aesthetically. And you had to, like, go all the way around it, like, a million times to get around to this one spot to get to the door. Right. And that's how that level really ended up playing out. Whereas I was just, like constantly moving around and right. playing around with different things is this a level where you, there's like a there's a pattern on the floor and like that allowed you to rotate a thing and you like collapsed and regrew the no no not that one okay that one was cool this one j- had like a like a little path up on the roof that you need you needed to like you started out like just on like a ledge and you needed to like get up and I could rotate a thing to get around to the outside to where you could get up on the roof. And then you had to keep, like, spinning it around to get around to the backside. And right, around. right. Okay, I remember this one now. Yeah, so... Yeah, then, no, that's, that is that is a good example. Like, but, but, like I said, like a lot of the levels in this game are good examples of ones that if you just do some stuff, eventually you're going to get to the solution. And... That's always, like, there, there are very few wrinkles thrown in in the game. Like, there's the annoying birds. Mm-hmm. Or I think, I forget what they call them. And, like, level five is just referred to as, like, in the land of annoying birds. Right. <laughs> or something. <laughs> in the land of petulant crows. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, it is just, because it's just traversal. I imagine this game would, and this is kind of a weird can set like i have no proof that this is true but i'm under the impression that if you were playing this game with a controller it would actually be harder because you can't just sort of like poke at an area and if you can get there ida will just walk to it Mm -hmm. the controller would force you to sort of like have to choose to move to one place and you there are things like because that that gets over a lot of the i can't really see the path right yeah, yeah, this is definitely a really, like, well, it the design of the game considers the platform very well. Like, it's a very good touchscreen game. Yeah. But were, are you suggesting that it would be better with a controller? I think it would be slightly more difficult, but it wouldn't be in, like, a puzzling way. It, it just, it, okay, I got yeah, it. Yeah, you would just be less likely to accidentally solve a puzzle. Right. Uh, because I don't think this game could function... With a controller, given the number of things that you have to, like, move. Right. Like, I can't, I don't even know how that would work. Like, you have to, like, select items and then move them. Maybe, yeah, stick. like, you have to, like, hold down a, a shoulder button to then highlight the different sections <laughs> that you can move and then 
Pickett and wrote, I don't know. Yeah, it would be... <laughs> a nightmare. <laughs> yes, it would be Ida's nightmare. Yes. Uh, um, Can I give a shout-out to a specific level? Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but once again, it's one of the Ida's dream levels, where you're just on a shape there's just two shapes drawn in space oh man yes. that's the best level that one 100 percent is the it's yeah. very hard to describe uh there's like a rhombus and then like an like an l-shaped shape right <laughs> i don't know what to call it but uh, and you rotate them in space which is kind of hard to visualize. It's like they're plastered on the outside of a big cube that you're rotating, I right. guess, that you can't see. Yeah, it's, an, <laughs> it's like an invisible cube that has, like, parts of its... Uh, of, of the outline of it are, like, lit up, and those are the things that you can walk on. Yeah, so you have to, like, rotate them in such a way that they'll line up in different ways and allow you to walk to different spots to get up and out. Yeah. Which is pretty cool yeah that was like kind of genius and i don't actually know how they pulled it off with the engine (laughs) yeah i assume it was just a visual trick with like the lines outlining one like the foreground part of a path Uh but uh, like if they could have i feel like that mechanic which it was used sort of as a gimmick here but if it was further expanded on like there could be a challenge level with that that would be just absolutely mind destroying yeah no and it's even more impressive that they managed to make it a challenging puzzle with only two shapes Mm -hmm. to traverse yeah and then like and that's one that's actually like not not actually a puzzle like to discount the rest of the things but it functions more like a regular puzzle because if you just walk around you won't get anywhere you just go in a circle yeah you have to figure out yeah (laughs) Uh, you had me walking around in rhombuses (laughs) over here uh (laughs) but yeah you have to actually figure out what the path forward is uh and i think that's why that level is so successful uh moving on what do you you think that this game has a story a story uh not really it's got like a a loose old school video game like kind of semblance of a narrative then okay good because i also did not pick it like it seemed like kind of it seemed like a journey type impressionistic thing where you want to yeah. get like an idea of what you're doing but even Journey has a more concrete plot than this game does. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like a like a dream or mm-hmm. some kind of surrealist like girl stuck in a weird abstract space. Like, I mean, what kind of narrative really is is there <laughs> well, I've in been that? That the sequel actually does have a plot, mm. which made me think, oh shit! Like, did I just completely miss something? Because <laughs> there there are like characters yeah it kind of gave me a like an epistory vibe like maybe this is all like some kind of like escapist daydream of somebody like in the real world yeah or so that's the most i could probably pull out of it right some kind of like allegorical art student went into a coma yeah (laughs) and then also there's the companion cube tetris man yeah the companion tetranimo yeah the well there's also that one like there's another character who's just like 
I interpret it as being like a tall woman, but I don't know. It's just like another figure. Is that in the DLC? No, there's statues of her in the DLC. But there's there's a level where you go into a little room, and it's just a simple room that has like two platforms on the on either side uh-huh. and a long path in between and you just rotate it to connect them. Uh, okay. <clears throat> and then you go up top and then you talk to this like, uh, white spiritual figure. Okay. And they tell you something that I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> because it was some cryptic dialogue in a puzzle game and I didn't really know why it was there. Uh, but that appears to just be like the interpretation of this game no what like the wikipedia article for this game doesn't have a plot synopsis right though apparently they're making a movie <laughs> allegedly <laughs> so that's the the I, mean, I don't want to say this as a negative really i didn't come into monument valley expecting it to have like an engaging story it right was more no, of just no. a visual thing but you do kind of get an an attachment to your little cube buddy, right? Uh, who does nothing? He's just a platform that you can move. Yeah, but he's useful to you. Yeah, and he has an eyeball painted on him, so he's he is personified, right? Uh, and then also your character is kind of a is also a bird. Yeah, or, it's weird. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Your character model and the bird character models are made up of the same pieces. They just, like, move the beak up around to a hat and vice versa. And to the aforementioned hilarious dunce cap that you wear. Uh. (laughs) Which is something I picked up on while playing the game. Uh, I don't know whether or not I was supposed to. I definitely didn't, but I'm also notoriously unobservant <laughs> when it comes to finer details like that, or like less fine, chunkier details, <laughs> or any details <laughs> at all. So it doesn't really surprise me that I didn't pick up on it. It is a cool little moment at the end where the birds all flap and fly away, and mm-hmm. then you. Queen of the Birds. I don't know. Uh, Pigeon Man. (laughs) Pigeon, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, okay, so this is kind of the one last thing that I had. uh, It's not, now that I'm thinking about it, there's at least one or two other things that I can (laughs) can mention. Uh, But the sound design in this game is also actually really, like, it's super clean. Yeah, I always forget to mention sound design. Yeah, this one, because... While I'm unlikely to play, like, a, a, a portable console game with sound on, I'm way more likely to listen to the sound in a mobile game, because I just usually already have my headphones in. Yeah. Uh, it, it drives me crazy not to have sound when I'm playing a game. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a better reaction, though. I thought you might just be like, it drives me crazy that you don't listen to the fucking sound. Oh, no, I just... And I, it's fairly common not to listen to the music on a handheld. Right. But anyway, it's just yeah. weird to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like, and I think this is sort of like in the in the mo- the phone game space. Uh, this is kind of like the way you do sound design, but it's just it doesn't. There isn't much in terms of like background music. There's very rarely music at all, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just sort of like very minimal 
Yeah, it's not intrusive. Yeah. Or unintrusive. Whichever is correct. The. Um No, yeah. It's got and it's got a nice um I think the sound actually adds to that handcrafted feeling you get. Mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier cuz when you when you crank the little uh uh cranks. knobs, cranks, yes. <laughs> uh they they make kind of like a toy like jack in the box kind of sound almost or that's not the right word not jack in the box but like, you know what it, i mean i think it, uh no it's a jack in the box you're right yeah like pop goes the weasel it has yeah. that kind of cadence to the way it the sound goes right and you also get the same sort of like uh like uh oh man i was gonna attribute an instrument to this but it is just like I don't know, like a harpsichord, maybe? That kind of a sound? When you, uh, like, rotate things as well. Like, it has these, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like like you said, toy-like sort of uh, sounds, and it's very... I don't know, it, it works really well, especially the way that they play with tone, sort of, so that you can, like, tell when you're going one direction or another, and, like, when it's finished its cycle and is starting a new one mm-hmm. it's all it's it's really well yeah it considered. almost kind of reminds me of the way they use uh sound effects in uh the wind waker it's in other zelda games but it's like the most pronounced in that one like right. where you do that three hit combo and the music escalates yep it has that kind of feel to it to me i can definitely see that and agree uh I say I don't know if I had much more. I did want to briefly compare this game with the bridge, which I know that you've played, but only a little. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a uh, the the bridge is just a different puzzle game that also uses uh, like the non traditional geometry to like make itself work, but it does it in a very different way because you're usually usually (laughs) uh, you're usually looking at it from a fixed perspective so the impossible objects sort of like retain their impossibility as opposed to the way that they kind of break apart in Monument Valley Uh, and basically this makes the game like hard as balls as opposed to Monument Valley which sort of is more about the traversal the bridge is less like that Mm mm-hmm well, it, it feels like a difference in approach to the just the core design. Like, Monument Valley feels like it's supposed to be a more casual experience, mm-hmm. and the bridge feels like it's supposed to be ball-bustingly difficult. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, so, like, the bridge is incredibly hard and intimidating. Oh, yeah, because it, it's it's a puzzle game where you cannot really experiment with what's going on. You just sort of have to, like look at it and determine what to do or yeah. else you have to start over. Yeah, it's like you can't bring your real-world knowledge in to help you solve uh, the puzzles. You're basically just learning as you go, like, how these things operate, which makes it a lot slower right. and makes you feel kind of stupid. Yeah, and, <laughs> <laughs> and because of that, I actually do think that Monument Valley ends up being, like, a much more successful game than the bridge does the the or is rather just because like it just feels more accessible it has more of an artistic vibe to it even though the the bridge may be a more true representation of that like Isharian 
I may have made that word up. Uh, I like it. <laughs> uh, like, impossible object, like, working with that as its basis. Monument Valley gets, you get more visually out of it because it is uh, more dynamic. You can, like, move shit around. Mm-hmm. I do like both games, though. Yeah. And you don't get any of that satisfaction of, like, lining up the Force perspective to, like, mm-hmm. that you get in Monument Valley, which is kind of like the the moment-to-moment, like, satisfaction of it. 100%, yeah. Uh, you got anything else? I don't know. I think that's about it. All right. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, uh, we're actually going to continue with the mobile game thing, or the Wii U if you're into that. Uh, if you can fit it in your pocket. Yeah, if you can fit the Wii You're allowed to play this next game on the Wii U if you can fit a, ga- a game pad in your pocket. So, congratulations all Jenko jeans owners <laughs> out there. Uh, but we're talking about Year Walk, uh, which is like a semi-horror... Uh, puzzle thing game, mm-hmm. but it's like an atmospheric sort of adventurey, sort of puzzly sort. It, of... Adventure game is probably more the yeah. thing I want to. It's it straddles the line though. Yeah, between a few different things. Uh, but it's a very neat game, and uh, we'll get more into that next time. Until then, oh, I forgot to like laugh menacingly and tell everyone it was because it was Halloween. Um, <laughs> Hot fuck. Hot fuck, it's Halloween. Uh, But until Halloween, and by that I mean the month of October, uh, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website, noclippodcast.com, or on splattershot.pro. There you can find all of our old episodes, our email, our Twitter, uh, all the ways that you can talk to us or listen to our cool content. Our YouTube, I've actually put a link to a playlist on our homepage now that just will display the latest episode, so uh, that's a cool thing. (laughs) Uh, I think that's all we got this week. Yep. Uh, Use a non-Euclidean shape to press the subscribe button. (laughs) Rotate your perspective to create a bridge to the comment section. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot if you said subscribe button or like button. I don't remember. Uh, But whatever you do, when you get to it, make sure you smash it. Yes, smash whatever you find there. (laughs) I'm going to talk into this microphone for a little bit and... Andy, what do you think about talking into microphones? Uh, I'm going to talk into the microphone. I'm going to talk into this microphone. Uh, I'm going to talk into the microphone. 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 Andy, what do you think about talking into microphones?